Ready? Should we actually get on this? Maybe start talking some uh, investing? Um, no, because I haven't told you. Uh, I went to a fancy dress party dressed as an alarm clock, but I left early in a bad mood. People are there winding me up all night. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. I the, the pessimist sees the tunnel. The optimist a light at the end of the tunnel. The realist sees a train. The train engineer sees three idiots on the railroad tracks. <laughs> 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 okay. I like that. That's that's good. That's that's good. Okay, Sean. Uh should we start stuff? Indeed. Okay. Indeed, indeed. One. Two. Three. Four. Welcome, everyone. Again, to another episode of The Truth About Investing, Back to Basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we want to talk about debt versus ownership today. Stocks versus bonds. What? No, I even told you. Debt versus equity. Borrowing versus selling. Lending versus buying. So you're... It's not. It's not that. It's all the same. I stuff. read you the wrong thing on our episode plan list, and you're going rogue on me. It's. It's that you're describing what we're going to talk about, and and That's I right. have no idea. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I. Just... You know, it sure felt like it. I could feel the animosity through your response, which is oh, as as a little defensive over there. As I'm told. Uh, as my wife likes to tell me, uh, tone matters. And <laughs> you said it with such a tone that I just I felt I felt immediately defensive. And I <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, here's the deal. I I my uh, my preparation for today was me looking at the thing that says debt versus ownership. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Way to be a go-getter. Did you did you like the the emphasis on the on the sipping? I thought that was it's, it's oh. much more of a visual. It, it didn't quite come through for me. So, oh, that was yeah. that was uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Let's. Okay. Let's. Let's. What? Why? What? What is? Okay. Uh, we'll we'll do what we've been doing this season. I think I'm going to say what I understand debt versus ownership to be. And then you either tell me I'm an idiot or you go, you're right, but you <laughs> forgot these things. And, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, perfect. Cool. So ownership. It's fun for everybody. <laughs> ownership <laughs> is the actual owning of said item of some sort, which is usually involving in my head, uh, say, a car. We'll go with a car today. Uh, the owning outright of the vehicle, and there is not a lien on that vehicle at all because it is yours through and through because it is bought and paid for entirely, and you do not owe anybody any money anywhere. 
Whereas if you have a lien and an agreement where it is a partial ownership to you and the person that you have the loan agreement with, then you are in that person's debt and, uh, well, person, but, you know, that, that entity's debt and therefore share ownership at that point and alluding to your mention earlier, then you might be sharing ownership within stocks. That makes sense since I'm saying it out loud. And, <laughs> and uh, you also need to own the way that you act in a day-to-day manner so that <laughs> society doesn't look down upon you. <laughs> oh, they often do that anyway. <laughs> Stop talking about me. <laughs> uh there's 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 my my crash course. Was that does that cover everything? Are we gonna have one single episode where I go, this is what I think it is, and you go, Yeah man, let's wrap it up. Because <laughs> 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 I'm thinking no, but <laughs> today's not that day. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow is not looking good either. <laughs> uh, yeah, what? What? Yeah, that's that's what I understand it to be, Sean. So, no, so I nothing you said is wrong. I I know uh, much much like how a day to day is for me anyway. You know. <laughs> yeah. Can we get Katie on here to I don't discuss talk that? About that? Nope. No. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it, a lot like last time. I mean, just looking at it through different lenses or from, uh, you know, discussing it from a different uh, goal, if you will. So uh, in talking about debt, yes, you're, you're talking about debt that the consumer typically sees. You know, uh, all of us see on a, a day-to-day basis debt in the form of borrowing to purchase something, uh, you know, a car, a house, or even using uh, a credit card to buy your, your day-to-day groceries, taking out temporary debt in that, that form. Um, from an investor standpoint, the debt is uh, reversed, if you will. So when a company is looking to get started, uh, looking to grow uh, or expand, something along those lines and they need additional funds more than they can raise on their own or more than they can uh, borrow from a bank, uh, more than they can uh, generate by selling their product or service, they have a couple of different options. Number one, they can borrow from investors. So they actually become the the borrower and you, you, the investor, becomes the lender. So that is what that is basically what a bond is. A bond is their promise to repay you plus interest, repay you being the investor. So it's debt reversed, if you will. Instead of you being the borrower, you are the lender. You're the one getting paid the interest. And like you were talking about, the other option is for them to actually sell part of the company. So they're actually selling ownership in the company. And that's what you are buying when you buy a stock. You are buying ownership, a very, very small percentage of ownership typically, uh, unless we're talking you know, venture capital and you're, you're actually you know, buying 30 40% of the company, something like that. Shout um, out to previous episodes. That's right. Venture capitalism. That's right. That's right. So, but most of the time we're talking about individual share purchases, in which case we're talking about tiny, tiny pieces of the, the overall uh, company 
unless you're buying lots and lots of shares. And then, like, when you're setting up a, a bond and not so much a purchase into the ownership venture capitalism side as mm-hmm. a whole, that I would assume is a, how do I put this, uh, like a an agreed upon thing ahead of time, I guess is the best way to put it. So like the, the option comes up as a, we are selling bonds into this company and then you purchase it and then your money's returned down the road because you're the lender or does that kind of happen? No, I guess that's the only way that makes sense because then if you're involving an actual ownership of the company, then it's just the option to purchase that owner back out down the road, but it's not a guarantee that that person getting paid back per se, right? Right. So you're getting at a number of different things. Uh, So first off, in regards to the bond, yes, it is stated up front. It is stated in the form of a coupon. That would be your your interest rate. So uh, bonds are sold at a, oh, how did I lose the name of it? Um, Par par value is normally uh, like a thousand bucks for a bond. Okay. Okay, so the, that's the, the value of the bond. That's what you're going to get paid back at the end of the, the term. What, you know, Five years, 10 years, whatever the, the term is for the bond, you're going to get $1,000 back. They have a set coupon rate that they're paying. So say it's 5%. So on that $1,000 bond, you're going to get paid $50 annually. Okay. Okay. What you pay for that bond varies depending on where interest rates are. So for example, if interest rates currently are 3% and they're paying 5%, then you're going to pay more than $1,000 for that bond in order to buy it. At the initial purchase? Correct. Okay. So you're going to pay basically whatever excess amount brings that 5% coupon down to an annualized yield of roughly 3%. Whereas if it's a coupon of 3%, they're paying 3%, and interest rates are currently 5%, you're going to pay less for that bond. So you're going to buy it at a discount rather than a premium. And that's so that you annualize closer to that 5%. Because if you buy it for, say, uh, $950, then you're getting that 3% coupon plus you're realizing a gain at the end of the $50 difference between the $950 you purchased it for and the $100 uh, par value. I, I believe it's pronounced coupon. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, unfortunately, and I, I'm sure this is my problem and, and everybody else listening is like, this guy is slow. But I, <laughs> that was, I, was, I think that was too many numbers for me to retain, to be completely honest. So... When uh, the numbers aren't really that critical in this regard because they weren't exact. Okay. The, the point is it, it is laid out up front. If the coupon that's being quoted is coupon. higher, yeah, sure, <laughs> higher than current interest rates, you're going to pay a premium for that bond. If the coupon being quoted is lower than current interest rates, you're going to buy it at a discount. Okay, but when, from, when you're from looking at the, the interest rates, is that higher interest rates than than normal or where it was when the company was founded or what what's the baseline for this interest rate uh the baseline for the interest rate is whatever current current going rates are relative to the the credit quality of the company 
So if other companies, so if in general terms, uh, we're talking about a high credit company, so a company that's very likely to stay in business, very likely to pay their their coupon and be able to uh, pay their bonds back in the end, if the going rate is X percent, that, that's kind of your baseline. And then what they decide to pay as a company for their coupon is the rel- where it, the relativity comes into play. Okay. And so it's, it's just the market rate, whatever the market rate is at that time when the bond is issued or when you're purchasing the bond. Because even though the bond could be, let's say the, uh, the going rate is 5%, and they issue a bond at 5%. Okay, so that bond is going to be purchased at par. So the, just for easy But interest easy rates numbers. are going to change. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just for easy numbers on this. So, like, we'll, we'll do $100, right, for, for whatever the base is on this, just so that, like, 5% is 5 bucks, kind of thing. Okay. So your your bond is at $100, and your, your 5% that you're looking at, your 5% interest rate exists, and I get that. So what? Where does that come into play? The current five percent, or the five percent that the company's paying? I guess that's what I don't understand. That's my fault. No, that's okay. So the the current five percent is really derived from market uh, participants, market demand, supply and demand, and uh, the appetite for risk. So, for example, if th- there's lots of things that are going to come into play here, uh, number one would be. Uh, what we talked about previously, looking at uh, Prime or LIBOR, which is the London Interbank offer rate. Uh, so those those baseline rates that are really kind of derived from governments. Okay. So the Federal Reserve. So that's going to typically be a factor. Um, other factors are going to be uh, the risk, not only in the market at the time. So um, if there's lots of volatility in the, the market, that's going to create more of a risk premium. People are going to demand a higher interest rate than they might otherwise would. Um, and then the risk of the individual company. So, you know, you look at companies, uh, their, their credit rating. Uh, there's a number of different companies that actually do credit ratings on uh, corporations. And so triple uh, B would typically be like the cutoff between um, your your high yield and your uh, more standard, more higher credit quality uh, companies. So anything in the A range is going to be uh, a higher credit rating and therefore going to, they're not going to have to pay as high an interest rate to get people to invest in them because they're less likely to go bankrupt and not be able to pay their debt back. So, so it's the risk of the company, the risk that the company will not be able to pay back. That is part of where that uh, interest rate the de- the demand side interest rate is derived from. Okay, I, I I think that makes sense. Just the there's there's different companies that that get involved, uh, or or depending on the company that you're looking at may affect different portions of it depending on on what level they're at. You know their their volatility and and stuff that you're you're talking about. Um, and I I guess I'm referring to that first stage the the initial part of like I, I get that different variables create the different interest rates now uh, I'm, I'm getting that and I guess I'm talking about now that we're talking about 
the investing process this season. I, I decide that I want to start looking at purchasing bonds. And you own a okay. company that is going to sell bonds. And yeah, hey, <laughs> let's do business, you and I, right? And so since we've established the market rate is that 5% amount because of these variables that we were just talking about. Okay. I say, I want to buy this bond from you that is valued at $100, and I know the 5% market rate exists. Does that cost me $105 to purchase? No. Okay. How much does well, it cost I, I me? mean, it depends on what the coupon is that the, the bond is going to be paying. Coupon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I... I I, that, that's what I'm trying to understand. I, I'm learning about bonds. I know that there's variables and it depends on the company. And because you're reliable and I've looked at the variables, I know that it's going to sit at 5% with you. And I say, I want to buy a bond worth $100 and there's a 5% rate in there. What do I owe you? And you say, blank. I say, what's the coupon that the company is paying? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, that that determines the price. Okay. So without knowing the coup, okay, you got you got to know the going interest rate. You got to know the coupon. Then you can determine price. Okay. So what? Oh, you also have to know the the term of the bond, how long it's it is. But I don't know. Give me an example then. Give me give me like a an example coupon so that I'm tracking here. Well, the, the coupon is an interest rate. If it's a brand new bond, oftentimes it's going to be issued at the current going rate for that particular company's risk level. Which is the 5%, right, that we're talking about? Correct. Okay. So we know that it's a $100 bond and it's a 5% coupon interest rate thing that we're looking at. So do I do I pay you the 100 Do I pay you 105 Do I pay you 95 what do I if okay, so for, first off, your hundred dollars is killing me because they're all they're always in increments of a thousand. But um, <laughs> do I okay? The, okay, let's let's in take any that case out. if a thousand dollars. Okay, thousand okay, dollars. All right, that you're you're welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay. So the assuming the going rate for my company's risk rating is five percent. Yes. If I'm paying a coupon that is also 5%, then you would pay par value. So if it's $1,000 bond, you'd pay $1,000. Okay. At a 5% interest rate that's established when you buy the bond then. Correct. Okay. Yes. And then uh, with the bond established at that 5%, that we coupon. Done, 5% coupon that we have right. established here, then when you pay me back as the owner, then I will get my 1000 plus 50 bucks because that's the 5% that was established. Right? Right. And you would have received $50 every single year as well. Okay. Okay, because it holds that 5% that was established annually, and then when you pay me back, it's the original 1000 and the the final five percent or, or whatever, but the the exactly interest. okay, okay. Now I'm tracking here. So when does yeah. that change there, to the nine fifty? When does it become like a discount at that point, so to speak? Okay, so I'll touch on that here in a sec. I okay. should also mention that there are other types of bonds. Some of them that actually retain 
all of it till the very end. Uh, some of them that will uh, pay back a piece over time. Uh, typically speaking, though, you're looking at that coupon that we've been talking about and then the final payment all in one lump sum. Uh, but anyway, just touching on that. Okay. The, where you're going to look at typically that change in the price of the bond is the secondary market. So after the initial issue. So in this scenario, you bought the bond from me, the company, in this right. example, for a thousand bucks. Now, if interest rates were to fall a couple years into this agreement, so say it's a 10 year bond, you've had it for two years. I've paid you two years of the, the $50 and interest rates drop to say 3%. Okay. And you decide to sell the bond to someone else. Okay. Okay. I have nothing to do with it that except for the fact that I'm now paying someone else, but that someone else had to buy the bond from you. Now, because interest rate, the current interest rate market is only 3%. And this bond is paying 5%. It's worth more to someone than the, anything else in the general market. Okay. Does that make sense? Because yes. if they were to go out and buy a brand new bond, it would probably be paying them 3%, but this one's paying 5 So they would have to pay a premium in order to get that bond from you. Otherwise, you'd be really silly. Sure, yeah. So that's where they'd be paying over the $1,000 mark. Okay. Okay, whereas if interest rates had gone up from that five baseline, say they went up to 7%, right? then he, that person who's buying the bond from you could have gone to the market and bought a bond that was paying them 7 but they're buying a bond that's only paying them 5 from you, which means in order for them to net the same, they're going to pay you less than the $1,000. They're going to buy it at a discount. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And then that... Is that done from person to person? Like, could I could I call you later today and buy a bond from you if you have them? Or is that done through a representative of some sort? Typically, yeah, you're, you're going to be looking at an intermediary for the most part. Um, like a company uh, representative or like, oh, I'm sorry, a, a broker of some sort? Uh, broker dealer, yeah. Okay. Yeah, some of the large exchanges. Um well, for example, you in the stock market, you have the stock exchanges mm-hmm. uh, like the the Nasdaq yeah. or the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, there, there's a market for bonds as well. Uh, typically, you have uh, most companies have their own fixed income department, so uh, where you can you can buy and sell bonds. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up. I was really confused there for a minute. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Glad. Uh, the other aspect of this uh, that we need to touch on before we jump over to the, the stocks and the ownership is uh, there's a couple of reasons why someone might buy a bond as opposed to, you know, might lend a company money as opposed to actually uh, giving them money in exchange for ownership. Okay. As we've already talked about, that coupon is a set amount. You, you know what you're going to get. So right. having a, a fixed payment, hence fixed income from the, the borrower or the lender standpoint, uh, can be very nice for planning purposes. The other aspect of it is if something were to happen to the company, they were to declare bankruptcy, uh, they were go to, to cease to exist, those lenders are going to be one of the first people paid back. Okay. So if a company has... Uh, 
bonds outstanding as well as stock outstanding and they go bankrupt, the bondholders get paid back before the stockholders. Okay, that makes sense. Is it so. is it common practice uh, kind of like when we were uh, when we were talking about the the GameStop exchange stuff that was that was going on at the time in in, a, in also a previous episode that mm-hmm. when there's expectation that companies are, are going to possibly go out of business and you you put a put on them right you would buy a put. buy a put put I like put a put it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like put, put. <laughs> but you <laughs> you would buy a put because you you believe it's going to be worth less than uh, than it is at the time uh, is it also common for people to simultaneously purchase bonds within those companies while they're thinking about it or I'm just trying to mm, not say well I mean it depends on your how high a risk we're talking about of them actually going bankrupt oh, okay. so so I mean, you're you're delving into derivatives with your your put, which is an option. And a future uh, so episode, pineapple yeah, juice. Yeah, we don't want to get too deep into that one. Okay. The the bond, uh, yes, the bond is going to be more secure than any equity that you might take out in the company. You might buy in the company, but if we're talking about a company that we're really worried about going bankrupt, there's still the chance that you will not get all of your money back. From and a bond. That's why. Right, okay. and that's why the bond, in order for the company to sell bonds, in in that case, they're going to be a high credit risk. They're going to have to pay a much higher interest rate okay. in order to attract investors. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. That's why I wanted to ask that. Okay. Yep, so that's where we get the high-yield bonds. Um, higher risk, higher, and by higher risk, I mean higher risk that the company is going to go bankrupt, but also higher yield, and that yield is the, the coupon, higher interest rate. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, well then, then talk to me about stocks and ownership then. So that would just be the other side of the coin where as opposed to lending money and expecting a, a set payment in return, you are actually buying a piece of the company with the expectation of participating in the growth of that company uh, or the, if not the growth, at least the uh, earnings of that company because there are two ways that you're you can recognize appreciation as a, a stock owner. Um, and neither of them are set in stone when you buy it the way it was with the bond. Like there, there's no set coupon when you buy a stock. Now the company, one of the two ways they can pay their owners is in the form of a dividend. So after, and we've talked about this a little bit before where you have the company's overall revenue and then they pay, cover all their expenses, their employees, their, their um, buildings, uh, all their, their cost of goods sold, all that stuff. And at the end of the day, they have their uh, gross, their profits, their, their net profits. Right. Of those profits, they have a couple of different options. One of them is to pay their owners a dividend. Uh, so that dividend for a lot of companies, they treat it almost like a coupon and they try to keep it very, very steady uh, to attract investors. They see that you're paying a you know, a 4% dividend. 
every year over time, maybe it even grows very slightly over time, something along those lines, but it's not guaranteed. There's, there's no guarantee behind that dividend, unless we're talking about preferred stock, in which case the, it, it's, it's still not guaranteed, but the, the set or the, uh, the interest of that dividend is set up front and it is um, senior to non-preferred stock. Um, I, we're getting kind of into the weeds there with that, though. Uh, Pineapple juice. Yeah, exactly. So the, the dividends are one way that you're looking to recognize appreciation or return on investment when you buy a stock. The other way is the actual appreciation of the company or the growth of the company. So the overall value of the company goes up, your share of the company, your your stock price goes up to reflect that. Sure. Right. And that one you can only technically recognize that appreciation if you actually sell your stock and then you recognize the the gains on it there. But obviously it can also depreciate this the the value of the company, the value of your stock can go down and then you have a loss. So that that's where one of the many ways that the the bond versus the stock is different. Yeah. I get that. And that's that's more recognized in the sense of where you have involvement in the company and aren't receiving any any profits in dividends that you would see. I, I mean, I guess both ways, but when you're talking about only getting your money back from selling your portion of the company, that's that's when dividends aren't being paid out at the time, right? Yeah, there's lots of companies that don't pay any dividends at all. Yeah. Um, and, and then you're literally your only value in terms of recognizing appreciation is if the price of the stock, the value of the company goes up over time and then you can sell it at a higher price than what you bought it for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm comfy with that. I don't even, I don't even know that I have follow-up questions for that. <laughs> like, no, that's that all, fair. That I, all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's kind of the, the broad terms in term, uh, when we're talking debt versus equity. So okay. the debt would be the bonds, the equity would be the stocks. Um, and I, and I, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, just saying that the, the bonds would be the investor is a lender and with the stocks, the investor is a owner of the company. Now, keep in mind when we talk about ownership and you mentioned kind of participation, when it comes to stocks, typically you're not a, a participant in the way like a, an executive of the company is right. right you know with with most stocks you're you're not interacting with the day-to-day operations there might be some uh, uh various elections that go out so you'll you'll have some say in some of the bigger decision making like should we elect a new uh, ceo and you know the, these are our options that the board of directors has presented uh, they're recommending this person and do you agree with that election for the CEO or uh, is there somebody else that you and, and normally it's just a yes or no vote it's not typically a here are all your options sure um, but th- those are the types of things or um, you know we're, we're changing the way uh, voting is uh, done and we only need X percentage to make this pass instead of 
a different percentage um, or you know, we want to change the dividend you know and you know that depends on a, a variety of things and most time a dividend change is probably a poor example because they're just going to do it based on profitability um, but yeah there, there are a few things that as a a participating stockholder you would get a say in but it's not for the most part you're not a participant in the company the the way the the owner the the primary owners of the company are or the way the board of directors or the ceos or executives are um and if you're a preferred stockholder you probably have no voting rights at all um gotcha unless you unless you own a certain portion to a a large portion to to be able to make those decisions because then you get out of that position right uh, not with preferred stock. Typically, oh. preferred stock has no voting rights. Oh, it's it's okay. just a different type of stock. So you're, it's still ownership, but it's kind of that trade off of uh, the most stock that you're going to buy is you you get those voting rights. Whereas with preferred stock, instead in exchange for forgoing the voting rights you're getting a preferential treatment on the dividends that are paid out and normally it's a a set dividend that you get paid as a preferred stockholder before any other stockholders get any dividends gotcha okay yeah i I guess i was under the impression that if you if you purchase that amount then you you go into a slot where you'd be able to have those voting rights but not not under that category yeah it all depends on the the type of uh stock that you're buying okay yeah that makes sense. Uh, what? But what else? What else we got? That was it. I was just trying to help people understand the the difference. Um, uh, why stock typically has a higher return on investment than than bonds, and it's because it is more risky. You're actually taking ownership. You're not getting any type of set set payment. Um, you're, you're relying on the growth of that company predominantly and possibly a dividends from prof- profitability, uh, whereas the bond has a, a stated coupon rate and has preferential treatment in terms of repayment if something does happen to the company, whereas stockholders are the last to get repaid, so you have a higher likelihood of uh, losing potentially everything. Um, and then just in terms of the you know, what you're trying to achieve. Uh, do you as an investor want a, a set payment? You want that, um, that, that lower risk of being, um, a secured creditor or potentially even an unsecured creditor relative to a stockholder, or do you want ownership in that company and the, the chance to participate in the growth of the company? Um, so typically speaking, the, Stocks act as a better hedge against inflation, like what we were talking about in a few episodes previously, than than bonds. Um, but they are they are more risky. So, yeah, that's totally just wanted to get help everybody understand the, the, those differences from an investor standpoint, and also from the standpoint of the company when they're choosing to raise money, whether they decide to. Uh, lend or actually sell part of the company because when they sell part of the company you know if they own 100 percent and they decide okay we're going to sell 30 percent of the company well that's 30 percent of the company that they no longer get to benefit from the the future growth of the the company on that portion of it right they're they're, they're giving that up so right no I, I think that's important you know more more tools for the toolbox when you're when you're looking at stuff and if you are concerned about inflation maybe reevaluating bonds or or at just 
you know, being being aware of it because that's that's what we're about is making sure that you just know what's going on and you can you can make the the choices that you think are important to you that you think is going to be the most beneficial for for you and and all the reasons that investing is important to you. Yep. I like it. Yeah, and uh, you know, in in general terms, you you typically see a, a portfolio have a mix of you know stocks and bonds and other investments. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's lots of other ways of investing, but these are the the two biggies: is debt versus ownership, uh, stocks versus bonds. Um, so typically, you'd see a mix, but determining the appropriate mix for you, and also you know, even evaluating individual companies as to whether or not it's better to buy a stock versus a bond in that particular company. Uh, And then you can get into other things like the derivatives of those uh, investment vehicles or even uh, different forms like we were talking about, the preferred stock, uh, or in the form of bonds. There's also convertible bonds, which is a bond that um, it's like... It doesn't have a top on it. You take the top off and it's done. (laughs) You enjoy the wind in your hair? Uh, I, no. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> but it, it does provide the flexibility like that, uh, you know, in that the the convertible can enjoy the, the nice sunny days, if you will, but also go up when it rains. And uh, in that case, the, the convertible bond benefits from being a bond that's getting paid a coupon, although it's typically a lower coupon rate than your uh, traditional bond. Uh, But it can also benefit if the company does really well because you can actually convert your bond into stock. Oh, interesting. It's it's just that flexibility to kind of hop around. Yeah. Yeah, and it's because of that flexibility that it normally pays a lower interest rate. Um, But it, it... it gives you basically the opportunity to potentially participate in stock appreciation as well should you choose to convert it, but without the risk of actually directly participating. So if you know the, the company does really poorly, then the value of the, the stock goes down. Now, the value of your convertible bond is also going to go down, but not to the same degree as the stock itself because you still have that coupon. With the, the numbers floating through your hair and... The, the, wind, right. the wind on your face. And yeah, I don't think that's what anybody envisions when they're talking about driving around. You know, they should, health, though. You know, you know the, with the convertible. They, they picture, a, I'm buying a convertible. And this, yeah! And like they should be picturing the numbers. It's true. <laughs> no, okay, I think, I, think that's, I think that's good. I think that's a good good coverage on on these spots unless unless you think we're forgetting something unless i i'm sure i would be forgetting something if if it were up to one of us to remember something <laughs> no i think more than anything at this point i'd just be getting off into the weeds on some of those uh other investment vehicles and no i mean we'll we'll be stock talking more about no even stocks and bonds in detail later on Bad and, so pineapple juice yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm keeping my safe word Good. Well, I'm glad we were able to touch on that. I, I hope this I hope this was helpful. I hope that uh, this helps cover some bases so that if you are getting involved into into these these portions of of hey, I think I'm going to start getting involved in the stock market and maybe talking to a broker about some bonds and and see 
what you want to do and, and tools for the toolbox. And while you're looking at these things, I'm, I'm hoping this establishes a little bit more than just, hey, if I put this money into this, this abbreviation of a name that I think it will go up and I'll make money. This, this should hopefully have a better foundation for you to, to go from. Yeah? Me? Bueller? Yeah. Bueller? Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, just to clarify, I mean, if you're getting involved in the stock market and you've opened up an account with, you know, typically that's going to be with a broker dealer, you know, you, uh, any number of them out there that you can open up an account with, and they're going to have a, a bond trading desk that you can utilize typically. So it, you can do it all in the same place, whether you're buying stocks or bonds or exchange traded funds or mutual funds that invest in either or both of those yeah. vehicles. And, and talk with them about your options and see what's the most appealing thing for you. I think right. that's, that's a good way to go about it. Cool. Okay. We, sh- we should hop off this mic before you get in the weeds and I yell at you for getting in the weeds. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, thank you again for joining us on another episode on the truth about investing back to basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we will catch you in the next episode. Allegedly. Yes. No, we will. What is our next episode? Our next episode should be... I just looked at it and then I forgot. Uh, stocks versus bonds. No, that's what we talked about. No, we. St- oh well, we lumped two episodes in together. Everybody, look at how efficient we are. That's so good. Uh, so what's after that? Passive versus passive slash active investing. The differences oh, okay, between cool. the two, and and we're kind of talking about the. God, see, you're gonna get me on a tangent. I told you to not put me in the weeds here. Okay, thank you for joining <laughs> us, and we'll we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Perfect. Podcast disclaimer. Disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Holling, that's me, is not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Holling, me again, represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond the author's intent, distribution, or copying of its contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal, accounting, or tax advice and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. 
The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or other representatives, a consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Amen. (laughs) How do you spell candy with two letters? C and Y. A-N-D spells. Okay. Um, let me <laughs> keep going. What? Oh, man. What? Yeah, you know, somebody told me once that uh, dad jokes don't have to be good. They just have to uh, exist. <laughs> so. I think that's what makes them dad jokes. That's, that's probably true, actually. Um, singing in the shower is all fun and games until you get shampoo in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one was pretty decent. Yeah.